Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I'd like to start with something funny. And I heard about this archaeologist from New York. And he dug down 10 feet and found traces of copper wiring dating back about 100 years. And he concluded that New Yorkers had a telephone network over 100 years ago. Not to be outdone, an archaeologist from California dug down 20 feet and found copper wiring dating back 200 years ago. He concluded that Californians, Californians had a massive communication network 100 years before the New Yorkers. Upon hearing this, Baba from Texas dug down 30 feet on his farm and found absolutely nothing. He concluded that 300 years ago, Texans had already gone wireless. <laughs> I know, it's a bit like, you know, whatever. It's all good. It's all good. It's hard to find good jokes, you know. <laughs> anyway, so last week we started, Catherine and I started a, a new series with a new theme called Being Established. And it's basically going to be a bit of a theme for this year. It was like a bit of a vision talk last week. So if you were not here last week, I really want to encourage you to listen to the talks both in the morning and at night when Catherine preached last Sunday night. And uh, you, can, you can do this via the website. You can have the podcast uh, thing. Uh, anybody got the podcast? Yes, they're good, isn't it? Because you had like Bill Johnson and you got this and Gideon. That's how it works, right? This is harmony. It's all podcast like that. And the thing is, though, so that's very easy. That's what I do, actually. I listen to all the other guys. If I'm, I'm away or whatever, I listen to the show. It's very easy. Or live streaming. So live streaming is so easy because it's still on the, on the Harmony Facebook. So go to Harmony Facebook and the live streams are there and some of the notices are on there. And then you can find the preaching so you can actually see some stuff. So it's exciting. So please, uh, particularly last Sunday morning, uh, I think it's very important. But so God wants us to be. To, for us to be established in Christ, be established in Him. He wants our life to be in Him, to be our sustenance, our joy, our peace, everything about life, meaning, strength, answers we need to be established in Him. And we saw last week, there's a little review here, but Paul talking in Ephesians, this beautiful, beautiful book of Ephesians. And in, uh, in 3, Ephesians 3, he says this, to be rooted and to be established in Christ. Here we go. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Everybody say power. We need some power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, here we go, that you be rooted and established in love, may have power uh, together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep, how high is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all of our understanding and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of, God, of Christ. So the goal is the fullness of Christ. God's desire, desire is the fullness of Christ. Everything that Christ has given to us, the life of Christ, all the principles, all the promises, all the stuff that, that in our Christian life are given to us and we've got to experience and grow into, He wants us to really understand it. He wants us to really know all this stuff in our lives, the life of God. Now the good thing is that God powerfully works in our lives. We are not alone. Isn't it amazing? We are not alone. Look at this, upon Peter 5, he says, After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, 
Now that alone is a great thought. He imparts his blessing and his favor into your life. Who calls you to his own eternal glory in Christ. Will himself complete, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Well this would give you a nice morning, right? This, this would really encourage you, right? To establish you making what you ought to be. Isn't it great that God is actually establishing your life, making you what you ought to be? This is one in the Passion Translation. I love this. And then after brief suffering, the Lord of all grace will call you to share in his eternal Will personally and powerfully restore you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are restoring me. And thank you, everybody else in this room and those who are watching. Restoring so us and make us stronger than ever before. Look, I want to become stronger than ever before. The wonderful thing is God is helping us to make us stronger than ever before. That's amazing. It's the Bible. It's so wonderful. I love the scriptures. He will set you firmly in place and build you up. God is the one who is establishing us. God is the one who is building us up. Powerfully, it says here, restoring us, making us stronger than ever before and putting us firmly in our place. Can I hear an amen? amen? That's what he does. This is so absolutely wonderful. But this does not happen automatically. Amen? <laughs> you don't just sit here and it's going to just kind of zap, you know, into your life. God actually loves our cooperation. Amen? 2 Corinthians 1, it says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. That's awesome. And so through him the amen is spoken by us. Spoken by us. To the glory of God, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. So it's wonderful that God is establishing us in the yes of the nature of God, the character of God. But we say amen. We say actually yes. Because amen means so be it. Amen. He establishes us in the yes of his covenant and his kingdom by us saying, amen, so be it. He establishes us in the yes of his love and his power by saying, it's a partnership. It's a partnership. We're not in the lazy boy. You know, I mean, some of you have lazy boy. I'm sure it's very nice to relax at night and you're lazy boy, especially when it has some kind of things going uh, in the back, you know, kind of, you know massage type things and it's absolutely I've never had one of those things you know but it's, it, it must be who's got one of those anybody here it's not embarrassing you got one is it good wow give it up for the hospital man this is amazing no no don't go to the hospital I mean you know just stay here I mean yeah if you have to go there to help somebody that's awesome but um, the thing is though the thing is though it's a partnership isn't it we need to respond right if we do nothing, it's nothing that we get. I'll say it again. If you do nothing, then you get absolutely nothing. <laughs> See, our lives, God wants to, wants to, our lives to be fruitful. He wants our lives to, to count. He wants, he wants us to grow and to be you know, effective in, in the world and all kinds of stuff for the kingdom of God. And so he gives us promises and principles we can live by to be productive and to have a wonderful life. But here's the rub. Here's the deal. If we don't live by these promises, or if we don't activate these principles of God, nothing will happen. 
We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It's absolutely amazing. But they can be sitting right here behind your belly button in this beautiful river of God, and you can never access them in your life. You can go your whole life, but this, this whole stuff is there, but you never actually say yes. You never say amen. You never say yes, Lord. So I start doing this in my life. Let this river start affecting my mind and my soul and my brain and everything else. You can actually go through life like this. And I, I, I meet people like this in this job. But you meet a lot of people. Interesting people. You. you know? <laughs> it's interesting people, you know. <laughs> God has, every, has given us everything that we need. Godliness. Beautiful. Everything that we need. But if we don't use it, it won't work for us. Now, Jesus has given us an amazing secret in John 15. I would like you to stand together. And we're going to just read this together because this is powerful words and we're all going to say it together. It's maybe the only scripture that some of you will read this week. That's what the research says. Here we go together. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Lord bless this word in Jesus' name. You may be seated. The fruit is the goal. Fruit is the goal. All throughout the scripture talks about abiding in him, he abiding in us. And we know that he, if you're a Christian, that he, of course, abide in you. Another way of saying it is to say like this, make your home in Christ. To make your home in Christ. Another way of saying having a habitual lifestyle in Jesus. Having a habitual lifestyle in Jesus. See, following Jesus, being a Christian, gives us a whole new way of life. There's a whole new way of customs, of principles, of patterns in life that we follow, promises, and all kinds of stuff, new ways of doing things. And the way that we access this stuff is by abiding in Christ. Abiding in this river to be aware of Christ and have a relationship with Christ. Well, you can say, well, yeah, it's obvious you have a relationship with Christ. It's amazing how many people don't even visit Christ throughout the week. The Holy Spirit can be sitting there waiting for you. But sometimes we don't even access Him. We don't even talk to Him. How much do you talk to Him? How much do you visit this beautiful place, this place of communion with Him? This place of abiding in Him. Abiding is a, is a beautiful word, like it's a habitation, it's like a, a fine residence. You, 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 you kind of in this place of communion, it's just such a beautiful place. 
Another biblical word for this is a, a habit, creating a habit of, of living in Jesus, a habit of being with him, a habit of accessing his life and your life together and communing with him, fellowshipping with him, a beautiful other Christian word. You know, the power of habit cannot be underestimated. Uh, research shows that about 45 to 50% of the stuff that we do every day, we're not making decisions about, it's all automatic. And it's just out of habit. For example, driving your car. As you drove your car here this morning or you drive your car to, to, to your work, you just drive your car. And during, during that time, I'm sure that you are aware, you listen to music and you are thinking about the day. Hopefully you're praying and doing stuff. Some of you are on the phone. Some of you are illegally texting, texting, you know. Most of us do it. And, um, you know, and, and, and we do stuff all the time. It's automatic, you know. And it's stuff like this. It's amazing. We all have so many habits. You know, we, we shaved this morning. When I shaved, I shaved the same way. I put the stuff on the same way. I start at the same place and, and I finish at the same place. Right under my nose here. You know? You do the same thing. You start a certain place. Habits. You know? You, you brush your teeth a certain way. This, this, this one, that one, that one. Floss. You start floss. Wherever you start, you start at the same place almost every time. You find out it's all about habit in the same way. Now, it can also cause conflict in a marriage. Because Catherine and I have different ways of folding our washing. <laughs> now, Catherine has taught me how to fold the towels. But I, for years, I didn't know. I just fold like this, you know. She said, no, that's not the right proper way. I said, who, who says a proper way? It's your way. I said, well, it's my habits, you know. That's why my mother did it. I do it, so I do it, you know. So he folds the proper way like this. And now I do it the way you do it, right? I think. <laughs> but then the irritating thing is that my kids have different habits than I have. So I go to the, put all these nice towels out, blah, 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 put them into the cupboard. I go to the cupboard and the towels are totally differently folded. Saskia, what are you doing? <laughs> Haven't you got the memo, you know? It's, it's not done that way. And so anyways, different habits that we have, there's all bunch of stuff that we have habits in our lives. But you know, habits is really, it creates who we are. And people know you by your habits. If you're always late, after a while, people say, hey, this guy's always late. We can't trust him, you know. He's always late, you know. Yeah. If that person always gossips, we say, well, we'll maybe stay away from you a little bit. Or because I know it's kind of it's a gossip, you know, and it's a habit because it's always, always happening in their life. Whatever's going on, it could be a good habit, bad habit. We are known for our habits. And I've got some very irritating habits. Um, <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, my wife first. No, my, me first. I asked Kirsten the other day. I said, "What is a very irritating habit that's not too gross?" Because I'm sure you have got some really gross habits too. I don't want to know about those gross habits. But the thing is, though, some some legal ones, like we can talk about, you know, like in this form. If we want to talk about some deep ones, we can have a pastoral talk. That's fine too. But the thing is, though, um, for you, I said, "What is what really irritates you?" So I asked him, "What what irritates?" He said, "It irritates me when all the washing comes out of the on the on the line or even the in the dryer, which I hate because it takes much power. I'm way too Dutch for that." And so, anyway, you take out of the dryer in the winter, which costs us like hundreds of dollars, you know, or outside on the line, I bring them all in and I put them on the couch. Because on the couch, it's long and you can fold them nicely. And I've got a routine. I'm in a habit there. I'm actually very, I'm actually very good. Actually, I hardly see you do it, Catherine, by the way. It's like, I'm a little servant now. You told me what to do. I mean, in the top five of yours is command, right? And you just command me. You just do it that way, and I do it that way, you know? So here I am doing this stuff. But you know what she hates? She hates it when I say, listen, I'm in the morning right now because in the morning, you know, it's dry or whatever it is, you know, sometimes during the day. And I just don't feel like doing it right now because I'm doing something else. It's just like, you know, 
You do that when you have some time somewhere, right? You're doing something. So I'm going to do it. See, so irritating for you if I just leave it there in the middle of the room on, on the couch. She hates it. You know what I hate about her thing? Oh, it becomes, no, no, it's, I could hate, hate speech. It's bad, bad language. It's not, not hating. You know what I find really irritating about her is, and also all our kids, by the way. Thank you, Jonathan, and all Kaski ever. None of them pick up the towels. Whether it's in their room, whether it's in my room, whether it's in the toilet, not toilet, well, also toilet sometimes, but the bathroom, wherever they are, they drop the towels wet and it stays there. And I tell you, Jonathan, they don't dry on the floor. They don't dry. And you know what happens then, which is even more irritating to me, then they just take another towel. They put it in the washing. I said, you can have a towel a whole week. Why on earth do you have a towel, you know? Come on, don't do that kind of stuff to me. And, then, and so that's why I got this big load again of towels. You know where they all come from? It's not my towels. My towel has been hanging up, drying. I use it every day for a whole week, and then it may be washed. That's fine, unless it gets really gross for some reason. You know, we put it in there. All these guys, I go outside, this massive amount of towels every day. Every couple of days, anyway. Put it on the line. Whatever, but hang them up, right? So that's really irritating me, Catherine. Um, and my whole family. <laughs> Vicky, can I please book a sozo? Because <laughs> I feel it's kind of stirring in me. It's like, I need some more help, I think, with this thing. This is really, really bad, you know, in my life. Okay, come on, you're okay. You're okay. This is not that bad. These are the simple ones, right? You want to hear some other ones? No, you don't want to hear some other ones. Habits, habits. You know, we live in a very transient world these days. And um, things uh, change uh, so fast. You know, decades ago when, when I was younger and maybe fam my mother and father and these families, there was, there was a lot more consistency and predictability uh, in life. Just, you know, generally. You know, parents would live in a certain town and maybe their parents had also lived in that town and and it was like the stability. This is like we've done this. Some, you know, would, you know, you would bank with that that bank, and, and, and your parents had banked with that bank, and your kids. And we're not going to leave that bank. It's bank, you know. It's, it's our bank. So and, and and all this kind of stuff, you know, live in the same house, even the family house, you know, same place. But our world has really changed uh, the last a couple of, of decades, and. Um, People change houses quite a lot. People change jobs quite a lot. Some people have like 10 or 15 or even 20 jobs in their, in their lifetime. And things have, have changed. And I remember Catherine and I, like a, about 20 years ago, even more, 25 years ago, we had 15 moves in three years, and four of them were international moves. So can you imagine the trauma? Another so-so, uh, uh, The trauma of we had of all this moving like this. And that whole sense kind of of order, the sense of settledness in our lives is sometimes not there anymore. And so sometimes people lose that kind of sense of stability and of kind of security in their lives. Now, there's a lot of advantages to living in this new world, and I get that. And it's, it's exciting as things happening. But there's a downside. And one of the main downsides that I can see is that people have become quite rootless, non-established. And, and, and it can be quite hard. Even It's actually quite hard for families. Of course, I left uh, my, my country of Holland to be here in this nation. Uh, but I, I, as a missionary, that's what I feel. I'm still a missionary in my, in my own psyche, although I'm a Kiwi now and Dutch 
and the citizens of heaven, so I've got three. But basically, you know, I, I, I love being here, but I was sent, but it's really hard for my family. My brother's going to be here, by the way, for our anniversary. Uh, my brother and his wife, they're going to come here and be here on the Saturday and the Sunday. And so <clears throat> it's wonderful. After 18 years, he decided to come back and say hi to us, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, and my mother comes almost every year. But um, it's, it's really hard. It's been really hard for my family to have me go. I know it's hard for some of you because you, some of your kids, you know, are, are leaving. You know, I'm really sorry, you guys, you know. And, and people go all over the world. Now, that's very exciting. I know that. But there is also a sense of stability, of family, of, of, of loyalty, of people, of things that we sometimes lose uh, in this hallway. And I'm not sure if it's always that great. You know, sometimes we can arrange our lives not around loyalty anymore. And we can arrange our lives around what benefits we get out of it. And if that bank you know, offers a better deal, I'll just leave the other bank. And if that job is, is a better job for me, I'll just leave that job and go to another job. Now, that can be good, but I'll tell you something else. I know that people, and some of you are here, and actually also for us, that, that sometimes you, you don't want to leave something because of your children or because of this whole thing of stability of far now. You don't want to actually leave because it's actually not good for you. And sometimes I know some of you have made hard decisions, although it's a better job over there somewhere in Auckland or in Japan. Sometimes you haven't gone because you value a family more than having a pay rise of $10,000 or $20,000 or whatever it is. So, and I appreciate that, you know, but it's hard. And I see it all the time. I see people just say, hey, this is marriages, you know, this is a younger girl somewhere, you know, and say, I'll, I'll leave my marriage for this younger girl or, or for another man or whatever. You know, people just leave marriages. Something else is, is better. And this whole sense of, of, of loyalty. You know, for many, there's an aim in life to get a better deal at the expense of loyalty and deep friendship. I'll say it again. For many, there's an aim in life to get a better deal at the expense of loyalty and deep friendship. Undermining solid friendship, solid lifestyle and being established in the good life, and it is undermines the ability to abide and creates habits that are long-lasting. Now, really, <clears throat> uh, on Tuesday, Catherine and I had the privilege with some other leaders in the city to, to hang out with, um, with um, Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson is um, the senior pastor of Bethel Church in America. He's the son of Bill Johnson, and so we had some great time with him and also his associates. We had quite a lot of time with him, too, and... Um, it was just amazing. But one of the things I tell you, one of the things that really spoke to me, which I had not heard before, and I don't know if you know, that 40 years ago, Bill and Chris and Danny and Charlie, who I've not met before, which I will meet, they say he's an amazing guy. Those four guys, on a Friday for six years, I understand, they were so young, they had kids, they would put their kids to bed. After the kids, at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, they would go and pray. They would pray for nations. They would get like a certain nation and they would pray to two o'clock in the morning. Many say that because of that, Bethel are having an influence what they're having now around the globe. Because of what happened there. And it was not only about this praying together, but it was forming deep, loyal friendships and choosing maybe not to go away somewhere else, but to sit together and to build decade after decade after decade these loyalty of friendships and partnerships. And look what an incredible fruitfulness has come through that ministry globally. There's something about abiding in Christ, something about abiding in relationship, something about abiding in families. 
the fact is that it's about habit now that repeated action creates a habit and a habit creates character it's who we are and character creates destiny the destiny of your life and the destination of your life the, the direction of your life is always determined by your character and your character is formed by repeated action this is called a habit and you have good habits that give you a great destiny but also you got bad habits and you brings destruction into your life i know that some of us and we all have them bigger or worse but we all have bad habits in our lives and sometimes these things become addictions you know and there's some stuff in our lives that is there and i suggest today that that you start thinking about hey what are some of those things that i got to get rid of those bad habits you know one of the best ways to break a bad habit is to create a new one at the same place for example if you're watching dodgy stuff on tv don't watch tv there watch watch something else watch the christian channel for example or go pray or go bike or do something else at the same time you're doing that why don't you do something else and decide i am not going to do that anymore i'm going to do something else which gets me into a better place today i hope that i'm going to inspire you to create some new habits uh in this new year i know we all have new year's resolutions and i get that i don't know if you've done one i actually don't do them anymore uh, actually i have one uh, but i don't call the resolution as something that i just want to go after uh, which is which is okay uh, but the thing is that many of you and us has have have new year's resolutions most of them are about fitness uh, looking better uh, getting a more balanced lifestyle of all that kind of stuff but most of these do not become habits in our lives we just give up and often by february they say the gym memberships they kind of live off that stuff but many of them don't even february don't even go anymore like half the people just drop off and they they're paid for a year you know so it's a bummer but but the, the gym people are very happy to receive your money and to keep going like this you know <laughs> see many of us are inspired and we are motivated but to maintain commitment is something else and so we have to move from this kind of thing of motivation and inspiration to commitment we actually got to commit to something and this is where habits are formed this is where life because becomes automatic and particularly the good things become automatic and you start beating the bad things that are also automatic in your life which you got to get rid of in your life and then this becomes part of your character and then this become part of a better destiny in your life you know it's one bad habit can ruin your life we see it on TV the whole time but that's because it's so public but I see it all the time here too in the city in your life I know you guys I know most of you guys some of the visitors, visitors some of the guests I don't know but I mean you know humans you know unless you're not human but maybe you're angel that's possible too and then god bless you angel um it's nice to have you here this morning habits are so powerful this is an ode look at this you may know me I'm your constant companion. I'm your greatest helper and your heaviest burden. 
I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am at your command. Half the tasks you do may as well be turned over to me. I'm able to do them quickly. I'm able to do them in the same, in the same way every time if that's what you want. I'm easily managed. You can read on, on here. All you've got to do is to be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want it to be done. And after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men and women, but of course the servant of all the failures as well. I've made great... I've made great all men who've ever been great, and I've made all the failures too. But I will work with the precision of a marvelous computer and the intelligence of a human being. You may run me for profit, you may run me to ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, be firm with me, and I'll put you, the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I'm habit. Habit. Habit is so powerful. The definition in the dictionary is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it becomes almost involuntary. There's such so power in it. So we need more than just inspiration to be able to get into heaven, to get rid of some of the bad stuff. I, I, uh, I don't really go to the gym. Some of you go to the gym. It's really good. I, I hear often about this kind of, I kind of gave up even before I kept going. But the thing is, though, you kind of have to break through this whole muscle thing. Remember, you've got to break through uh, some of the stuff because then you come into another realm, you know, and then the muscles start doing stuff. It, you know, if I go to a, for, for a week, nothing will change. Remember, last week I talked about, you know, I like to have a better upper body. My upper body's not that great, you know. So I said, you know, I like to be like Daniel Craig. I mean, he comes out as like amazing. You know, so, I mean, I don't have that. I have very strong legs because I used to play soccer. My kids are amazing bodies, you know, and they go to the gym and they're like, you know, and so sort of stuff. I don't have that. And, and I, I sometimes have gone with Jonathan and it was actually quite hard and I didn't push through, but I was in the army. Praise the Lord. And I was in the army in Holland, and, and we had to do like, I don't know if it's the same, but I think it's 5K in five minutes. I don't even know what it was. We had to get all under five minutes for 5K or something. And we were training and training and training, you know, and it was so hard. I would, at the end of, the, of some of the early ones, I would just throw up at the end of this thing, you know. It was so hard to keep going. I'm talking about all the gear, the guns and the things and the backpack and everything, running, 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 you know, and it's so good. But after a while, when I became a sergeant, man, I could do this. It was like heaven, man. I could run. I was so fit, you know, because I broke through this barrier. And, you know, that's what we have, of course, in these kind of things where you have muscles and your body like that. But it's also in your character world. We need stuff like this to happen too. Habits are established this way. When we keep on going, we keep at it, we keep doing it. Repeat it. Repeating doing stuff, good stuff, over and over becomes a habit and becomes something that we can live with. You know, you can't come forward at the end of the church and for an altar call and I'll impart character to you. You can't ask God, say, man, give me some character, you know? And he goes, zoop, character. You can't do that. Character is built by decision upon decision that we make over and over, choosing the right thing or a bad habit, the bad thing. As we are Christians, we... Um, Follow Christ, we, we need to take responsibility for our lives. <clears throat> See, Jesus wants us to actually grow up. He wants us to, it's amazing how many people don't take responsibility for their own lives. It's absolutely incredible. And that's why, of course, we keep the counselors all paid. It's awesome. Uh, so that's, they're very happy because it keeps the you know, money coming. The thing is, though, we don't take responsibility for our own lives and our own actions, the choices that we make every day. 
See, Jesus will help us when we start doing some stuff, when we start making some moves toward making other habits and other decisions. He will be there for you, but in the end, he can't do it for you. He can't do it for you. He's not you. You are you. He wants you to take responsibility in these areas to start choosing the right things and to start, you know, building some really awesome habits in your life. You can't blame the government. You can't blame society. You can't even blame your genetics, the struggles that you have. It's so amazing that God has given us the power to make decisions. The sovereignty is amazing. That he's given us the power to choose, to be sovereign in this area. And so we are invited to accept this beautiful fact that the power, that he's given us the power to make decisions for good or for bad. And I suggest today you start thinking about some of the things, even one thing, I'll be very happy, even if one thing you say, something good to be done, for example, or replace something, I love that, good instead of something else, or just say, hey, I don't want this anymore in my life, I'm just going to stop it. You know, I would love all of us to take responsibility for some of the stuff that really is taking us down. I'll tell you something, when you take that step and say, I want to actually get some new stuff, I want to put some new stuff into my life, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit is there, right there. And He will build you up. Like I said in the beginning, He will strengthen you, restore you, He'll do it. He does it by Himself, but He will do it as you take a step, He'll take steps too. And often more steps, often He will carry you. He loves it. But you've got to take responsibility for your life, amen? Even if it's bad, even if it's hard, come on. And it's very hard to change habits. Man, I used to smoke, you know, from when I was 15, uh, 12 to 18. I know, it's bad. That's Holland for you. And uh, very early I started smoking. And at 18, I went to America. I told the story. I'm not going to tell the whole story. But I'm saying to you, I was in the, in the plane going to L.A. in the big 747. In the back, you could still smoke. In the front, you couldn't. So the whole back was like, like smoke, you know. It was like, a, you know. And then in the front, you couldn't. And, um, and the thing is, though, I was in the back, and I'm, I remember putting my last cigarette out because I was going to be in this Christian band, so you can't smoke, you know, and so I did this, and so, and so, but it was so hard for me, what, what, what was easier for me is because I started to uh, eat, eat ice cream, you know, <laughs> and so I became addicted, and my thing, my habit became ice cream, and I, and they couldn't say my name, Hukendijk, so they called me Mr. Hagendas because Hagendas was actually in America, even then, it was like, pff, how long ago, 35 years ago, Hagendas was already happening, I know it's kind of new here, relatively new, but Sometimes people get amazing, they smoke, and, they, and they, God just takes the thing away, just the, just the whole earth. Amazing. But sometimes, for many of us, it's just stop. I remember stopping caffeine. How long ago now? 15 years ago? 18 years ago. 18 years ago, really. And Kevin says, I'm going to stop this. What are you going to stop? I said, well, ice cream, you know, because I, I like ice cream. And not anymore, by the way. Uh, but the, I asked ice cream in those days. And um, Kevin said, nah, it's too easy, ice cream. Do something hard. I said, okay, caffeine. Didn't I know I went cold turkey? Now, I used, to have, I used to have a thermos like this big, and I would, I would used to drink this before 10 o'clock in my office, right? That's just coffee. Then throughout the day, I would drink Coke. I would drink tea. I mean, I would have like 15, 20 cups a day, right? I'll tell you many. I'll tell you. And, and, and three sugars and all that stuff. I was on a, I mean, I'm type A, right? But that was like triple A, you know, thing. It's like unbelievable what I was paying off the wall. Anyway, I stopped the second or third day. I was throwing up. And for 10 days, I was sick as a dog. And they say it's not only the body. They say it's, it goes into your brain, this whole thing in your brain. So my whole brain was like, I don't know where I was. It was like a big drug, you know. Now, I've never had to quit um, uh, heroin. Maybe some of you have. That must be terrible. If you, if you, that must be terrible. This is just caffeine. 
stop it. No, no, you don't have to stop it. It's the biggest legal drug in the world. Uh, the thing is, though, uh, so, so, uh, have, the thing is, though, it was really hard to do, but I did it. And when I was off now, I can't have it anymore. I, I go to, uh, even yesterday, I, had, I, I took a funeral on Friday and a wedding yesterday. And the thing is, though, you have tea, and I, I, there's nothing else to drink, so I, a little bit of tea, but it goes, I go straight away. I said, I don't want any of this stuff. In green tea, I mean, I just get a headache straight away. Just the green tea. It's hardly any caffeine in green tea. I just can't take it. I don't even want it anymore. It's just a drug. Anyway, so for me, habit is actually sometimes hard to replace, but the Holy Spirit will help us. He will personally, powerfully restore you, make you stronger than ever before. He will set you firm in place and build you up. Christ will do that in our hearts. I need to keep going in this thing. God wants to build new habits in our lives, new lifestyles, programming. You know, feelings won't work. You know, feelings are a really poor manager of your life, a poor ruler of your life, even if they're positive feelings. I got a lot of positive feelings because positivity is my number one strength finder, right? Number one, so I'm quite positive. But my positivity, it doesn't mean that the things that I feel about the positivity thing is actually the right thing, right? For some of you, it's the brain. You think I'm not a really feeler, but I'm a brain, I'm very smart. But the thing is, though, all the stuff that you think, hey, I thought it was a great idea. Maybe it's not a good idea at all. You think it's a great idea, but maybe it is not a great idea at all. You can't live by your feelings. People leave marriages because of feelings. I feel something else for something else. It's, it's just lust or it's just infatuation. It's not the thing. I took a, took a wedding yesterday. A wedding is about commitment. Your feelings may, may get you into, you know, into, into your, you know, marriage. But man, to sustain your marriage is not that easy, isn't it? Because sometimes the feelings are not there. And you can't say, well, I've got a feeling for that little thing. No! You are committed. Remember, it's unconditional. It's unconditional love, unconditional commitment. It's the covenant. You don't walk out. Way too many people walk out of their relationships and marriages. It horrifies me. And actually, I get angry. I get angry when people do that. I can't stand it when people do that. If there's no real reason. If there's abuse and stuff, I get that. It's fine. But not, not if there's no real reason. I just don't like it so much anymore. I mean, come on. You know? Where's the stickability? Where's the commitment? I'm committed to this thing for life, even if it's hard, because God is with me. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to help me, guide me, and, and through me. We're going to make it happen. I mean, if, if we had done that, Catherine, we would be divorced like yeah, many times, right? <laughs> and most of you, and most of you would too, if you're married, you know? You know? You still do that. Come on. It's, we need some commitment in our lives. And so we need some preset priorities in your life that reflect what you value. See, in the world they do it because they don't value this kind of stuff. But in the church, you can't. You actually are relating to God. It's the covenant that God makes. And then we are a covenant as a marriage or whatever relationship, friendship, covenant, whatever they are. They're covenants. They're very important. They're very holy, if you like a good Christian word. So what do you value? Where do you base your life on? What do you base your values on? Now, I've got a few. I value God. Thank God my pastor values God, you know. No, whatever. Um, I value God. I value, I value family. Our family. I value church. I value church. So, so my particular church, like this, my life is a bit church. In this kind of job, your life is a bit church because you get this old church. Like the last three days, like a big, when you go to a funeral and then wedding and then Eric Johnson and then some. And it's like, in the end, it becomes like a whole thing. I don't even know. I've got to sleep and other, you know, like this. And I'm preaching. I haven't got a sermon ready. So last night, I got to do some more stuff. And tonight, blah, blah, blah. all the stuff starts becoming like, I live church, but I loved God. I loved church. So for me, it's also a hobby. So I happen to like it, right? 
I happen to like it. And so, but the thing is though, all my priorities are linked to my family and to church life. My priorities is my thinking, my, my, my relational priorities are all linked into this kind of zone. My, my relational, my time priorities are related to church. My financial priorities are related to church and my family. My, everything is related to this. See, my, my habits are formed around these values and these priorities. See, I know what my purpose in life is. And I hope you know yours too. My purpose in life is to love God and to love people. And to love my family, of course. Love God and love my people. So everything that I do in life, all the stuff reflects those things in my life. And if they don't, I need to shape up. I need to change my life. And I'm willing to. And my help my wife will help me anyway. Uh, that's, why, that's why she's called a helper. What? You help me. <laughs> Amen? Okay, a few big ones and then I'm done. The few big ones here that are particularly following Christ in a church, church life like this, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. But a few big ones, and I want to talk in particular one in prayer next week, um, but because this is the foundation of establishing healthy habits. That's the talk today, establishing healthy habits. But we're actually going to go into some stuff to actually uh, talk about some of the stuff that we can make and build into our lives as we establish our lives in Christ. The four big ones, uh, particularly in following Christ, are prayer, are reading the Bible, are going to church and serving in some, in some way. See, those are the things that I value. But I, I still need to grow in those areas too. And I want to grow even this year. I want, I want to grow in some of these areas. You know, these are actually great habits too. Prayers can be a great habits. It's a good habit to have prayer. It's a good habit to, to read the Bible every day. It's a good habit to go to church. Maybe some of you are not going to church every week. Do we have to go to church every week? Yes, you do. It's good for you. If you're away, that's fine. But don't just go like this. The Bible says, you know, don't, don't forsake the meeting of the thing. It's good for you. See, church is not only about you. It's also about other people. We're family. And so somebody's gone, I miss them. I miss you guys being not there. I just do. Now we're getting bigger and bigger, so I can't, you know, know everybody, you know, what's happening. But the thing is, though, we, we are together. We don't forsake these things. I mean, Jesus had this custom, and we talk about it in a minute, he had this custom that he goes to church every week. He went to the Sabbath every week. If you see the early church, they got together every day. Every day. Breaking of bread every day. Both in the bigger church, they had in the, in the synagogue, and also in the smaller church. Smaller church, yourselves, micro church, you know, smaller thing. And then the bigger church. Jesus had constantly, it says he went to Nazareth, it says in Luke 4, when he had been brought up on the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He had lots of customs. He had lots of habits in his life too that he did because of the priorities that he had set in his life. Abiding in him, he had all kinds of priorities to go into church but also to withdraw in prayer. We'll talk about next week. And because of all the priorities that he set, some of the values that he had, he made decisions around those things and prioritized his life around those things. See, Jesus invites us to build strong lives. He wants us to flourish. He wants the fullness of Christ to come into our lives. That we will live in the fullness of God. He wants us to make us stronger than ever before. He wants to establish some powerful and healthy habits in your life and in my life. To grow you, to strengthen you, to protect you, to help you, to build you into a great destiny. Maybe you can think even of one of those habits even today. 
we'll go through some of those habits and some of those issues over the next couple of weeks. But maybe there's something even now you can think of. Even Maybe even close your eyes for a moment. Say, okay, what are some of the things that, there may be good ones and bad ones. What are some of the, the stuff that I really don't need that everybody always says that, that irritates me so much. So maybe, maybe I should kind of drop it. Maybe, just, maybe I should just, maybe it's just drop that one. Because people seem to be really irritated by it all the time. And maybe there's other things in your life that you say, hey, I, I actually need to maybe start doing that. Maybe, maybe I start doing that. Maybe even one thing. Don't do everything. Maybe you get inspiration and all this kind of stuff and then you kind of, you know, wear off. No, one thing. What can you handle at the moment? What, what is maybe God is speaking to you about one little thing? Could be a big thing to let go so you can prosper in your life. And that particular bad habit is not going to take you down. We all have them. I know mine. And I'm working on mine, but I suggest that you work on yours so we can abide in Christ. And as we abide in Him, we start to be fruitful in our minds, in our soul, fruitful in the way we think, fruitful in the habits that we do, the character that we build, and the destiny we go into. When we abide in Him, we will become fruitful. When we build healthy habits, we will become fruitful. Father, thank you that your Holy Spirit is right now working in our lives, always building us up, restoring, encouraging, probing, leading, guiding. Spirit of truth, we pray today that we would allow you to, to examine us. Some of these things that just take us down and we want to say, Lord, we... We really want to change. We really want some new habits to govern our lives. Good stuff. They'll bring us good outcomes in our lives. We ask your Holy Spirit to strengthen us in this area. Like we sang before, I pray that you'd give, make us brave and give us courage for some of those things that are really hard. That your Holy Spirit will give us a peace that surpasses all understanding we don't really get it and we don't really know what to do but Holy Spirit you give us a peace you give us a joy you give us strength into those areas Lord we want to build our life our lives on you